0: I mean, I know I can't tickle myself, but I, f- I assumed that I, if I, like, used a feather or something, that no. I could tickle myself. No, no, no. But you're saying I could, but only if, when my hand moves, it doesn't move at the exact same time. That's right? because there's that thing that your brain does where anything that you're holding, your brain views as, as an extension of your body. You're like, oh, yeah. that feather's me now. I'm I'm part feather right. now. I'm a featherman. Butter. Scotch. Shenagan. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 99 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and the robot deployer. I'm Sam and I make pictures. And today is May 23rd, 2017. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything that could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity and then we're going to talk about stuff. So if you don't like those things, we're going to kind of section it out. So first, yeah, yeah. Profanity first, first, about 20 minutes of profanity and mm-hmm. 40 <laughs> minutes of talking about stuff. So if you don't like either of those things... We're trying this new batch processing way of doing yeah. things. Well, we figure it's also easier for people to have like a clean version because they can just not listen to the to the profanity part. Mm. Yeah. and listen to the discussion part, yeah. and now they don't have to worry about yeah because we used to, yeah because you know? we used to just mix it in, kind of like it's kind of like garnish, you know, we just kind of yeah, threw yeah. some pepper, just kind of peppered some some curse words into our sentences. Mm-hmm. But then you don't know, you don't know when it's we coming. take like one of those curse mills, you know, and like and you, then grind, then you just kind of grind it up, grind you take the little fresh you take a little, you take a little curses, Takes the little peppercorns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you need a little more, sometimes you need less. You don't want on stale on curses on your podcast. No, no, it's got to be fresh, fresh ground. Shit. (laughs) First one. All right. All right. Uh, so we got some news for this week. For starters, we gotta we gotta give a shout out to John, John, who who will only disclose his first name, but he sent mm-hmm. us a letter. He's a he's a kid. He he wants to make games. Mm-hmm. He's a fan of our stuff, and we he actually sent us a letter through the actual physical mail. And we didn't even incredible. tell anybody how to do that, so we're not even sure actually how it. How did you do us. it, John? He's very crafty. <laughs> uh, so that was super cool. That's but, incredible. Yeah. But now he, we're all fans of John. Yeah. You know? Yep. So now it's m- sort of a mutual fandom mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Uh, so that was super cool. And now, we- now we've debated should we be telling people about our P.O. box and stuff? I don't know. Oh, do you guys want to ship us stuff? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Let us. Sounds, do we want dangerous. you to ship us stuff? Yeah. 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 But then there's this thing where we got to then go to the post office and get it. Nah, you know, man. It sounds like a well, huge. But somehow this one actually got to our. Your house. Yeah, I know. John is very sneaky, He's very crafty, That's impressive. Also, okay. John is a very manly name for a kid. For a kid, yeah, John. But kind John. of. John. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be lots of kids named John. Yeah, but in some know? parts of the world it would be yawn. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so which is a very sleepy name. <laughs> i uh, just it, it. Back. Yeah, you too. I started to yawn I a said, little okay. bit. Actually, I also bet most of our listeners are yawning right yeah. now. I mean, what's your name? If if we, if we just met, we, yeah. <laughs> If we make a yawn noise, will it just trigger a sort of a yawn chain reaction through everyone listening to the It was really podcast? funny. I read last week that dogs apparently they can catch yawns from humans mm-hmm. and also from each other. So I looked at Coco, <laughs> she- and I yawned at her, and she just looked at me like an idiot. I was like- <laughs> She's like, I don't think so. Yeah. The great uh, thing about I having the name Yawn, good, though, too. is if somebody asks you what your name is, you just yawn. You don't even have to yeah. tell them. Yeah. It's like an automatopoeia. You just yawn, and then they yawn, and it's kind of like they're saying... Wait, I know what your name is. Is, is yawn an automatopoeia? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although everyone yawns differently. Oh, I, I love guess, They're like the best thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next up in the news, <laughs> Sam went for a run with our producer, Fat Bard. Right, I got a bone to pick, Patrick. <laughs> so uh, Patrick and Pat- I, Patrick Fat is Barred, our producer, yeah. Fat Bard. Yeah. Um, and we—he's one half of Fat Bart. He's done. He did all the sound of music for for all of our games. And he also did the sound of music. <laughs> yeah, he's very—he's old. very old. He's very old. Yes. And <laughs> uh, he and I occasionally go for runs together. And usually we train for a little five k. How occasionally? Extremely. Extremely. Well, we we try to do two or three five k's a year. Okay. And how many times do you run before each of those 5Ks? Usually Two like or three the times. week before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so rarely is probably a better word than occasionally. Yes. Cool. And That's about how often I run too. He, yeah. <laughs> he reached out. He's like, hey, you want to, it's been a while. We should get back into this, you know, get back into this uh, exercise thing. So we're doing a Memorial Day run here in St. Louis and it's on you know, next Monday. And both of us are horribly out of shape because we've been running. So mm-hmm. he was like, why don't you, why don't you come stop by and we'll, we'll go for a run. So I said, you yeah, know, cool. Patrick, I'll do that. So I come by it 7 a.m. Monday morning. It's a good time to run. It's a beautiful, cool. nice and yeah. cool. Was and St. Really nice this last Louis is past like week. Absolutely beautiful right now. And uh, we start, we go for a run and we're in Patrick's neighborhood. So I have no idea where we are. This is important, important note. So we're running for about 15 minutes or so. And Patrick's like, How long do you think it's been since we left? I said, I think about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And he's like, Me too. I think we we could probably we could keep going. I assume gotta, you guys are having this chill mm-hmm. conversation while you're running oh yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like a, did you did you stop and build a sundial to, so you could figure out no this, i this. think we should have because so so we're running and you know patrick says okay i think we can keep going i think we'll we'll just take this next this next road um which is one that comes back loops back around to to the house so i'm like cool it sounds great so we're running 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 and then patrick's like oh i think we must have passed that road a while back. And I was like, what do you mean? past the road a while back. <laughs> and, and it turns out we had, uh, we had missed the turn while running very slowly by a street side. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ended up, we were, I think our goal is to run for like 25 minutes, you know, which is sort of most five Ks. If you're in relatively good shape, you could do in between like 30, 35 minutes or so. So we figured if we can run 25 minutes, if 25, you can mostly make it, then, then fine. You'll, you fig- you'll figure out the rest it, yeah. on yeah. Race, the race day. And uh, turns out we ran for forty five minutes by the time we got back home. So yeah, I'm a little peeved at Patrick. <laughs> Why are you peeved? Maybe he was just tricking you into doing. More he was exercises. like, he was like, I know Sam's not going to train for real, so I got to trick double him. it up on because him because Sam has this whole like, I'll just do three quarters of a of a five k uh-huh. philosophy because that'll be sufficient for then five k day. He's probably like. I just don't personally believe that's sufficient, but Sam will never trust my judgment. Yeah. So I'm i can't gonna, you can't convince him. You gotta trick him. Yeah, you gotta yeah. trick him. <laughs> yeah. Well Adam and I were talking about this yesterday. Actually, uh, I have this this quote in my board that says, How can I outwit me? Mm-hmm. Apparently you just have Fat Bard do it. Yeah. We yeah. just have friends. Yeah, do don't it. worry about trying to do it yourself. Just bring Fat Bard. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot trickier to trick yourself because you know the tricks that you are using, mm-hmm. probably. It's like tickling yourself, doesn't work. That's true. Yeah. But you know what's fun is if you add a a like a tenth of a second delay to it, there's a machine someone built where they're testing this. So it's like a, it's a little little uh, foot pedal thing that you twist with your hand and it rubs a brush on your foot and it randomly delays it. It's a mechanical thing, randomly delays the brush rubbing by like a quarter of a second to three quarters of a second and then it tickles again. Because you no longer <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So you can't you can't tickle yourself with an object either. If it, no. it, it has to be delayed in a way that you can't tell when you're going to get tickled, I'd try this. What? Time. Yeah, try tickling, tickling yourself. Tickling is stupid. I mean, I know I can't tickle myself, but I I assumed that I, if I like used a feather or something, that no. I could tickle myself. No, no. no. But you're saying I could, but only if when my hand moves, it doesn't move at the exact same time. That's right? because there's that thing that your brain does, where anything that you're holding, your brain views as, as an extension of your body. You're like, oh, yeah. it feathers me now. I'm I'm part feather right. now. I'm why is ticklish? Why would it? Why is tickling? Why? I, I don't, don't mean, know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But But hey, hey, there's no value to it. All it does is make it really hard to like get a massage and stuff. Maybe it's for, (laughs) maybe it's like, you know, when like a fly lands on you. So that you jump and try to get it off, you know. Maybe so, it's for bugs. So you're so you're saying if I if I like glue a fly to my fingertip, uh huh. Go on, and yeah, then, and then poke myself with it. Well, don't poke too hard, <laughs> <laughs> but just a little bit, right? Just Obviously, like this is a, this is a living fly who will be unharmed during Obviously. this. Because, we don't want to harm you. Know, you don't harm this podcast. a fly, right. yeah. Uh, so then I just like get it, I just get it close enough. That those little legs kind of touch. Yeah, my skin, that would tickle, right? and you be so like, that Whoa. would tickle because even though my finger <laughs> yeah. is doing it. Sort of. Because your finger is not eight fly legs or how many? like yeah. Six fly legs. Turn inside I think, I think tickling is for, is for fly combat. I think that's what it's for. Interesting. So, all right. So we got, uh, we got a couple more news items. Uh, one is, so I have a very spooky one. Ooh. So I was driving home last night uh, from picking up cocoa. I'm driving through the neighborhood. What time is it? pitch black. It's like 9.30 p.m. This is with Coco in the car. Coco's in the car. She's sleeping, though, because she's tired. Uh, And I'm going through this completely dark area. And all of a sudden, I see this woman just, like, walking through the darkness. Was she, like, wearing a white... She was wearing a white dress. (gasps) Right? And I was like, holy shit. Uh, Because there's no lights. And she's walking really weird. Like, stumbling, kind of. And she looks kind of young. And then I realized she doesn't have a face. But then I realized she doesn't have a head either, or arms, or legs, or a body, and it's because I made her up. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I thought this was going to be like a sheet in the wind or something, you know?
1: <laughs> no, uh, I just made the whole thing up. All right, uh, next season, I was starting to get some guys, Real
0: good. You got me. Yeah, outwitted uh, me, Seth. Uh, yeah. You fat bird. No, me. I did see a woman walking around. But she was just a regular woman. We got zagged on real yeah. hard. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I all right, gave so you listen, my trust. Listen, listen <laughs> the Shenana Jam. It's a thing. It's coming up. It's a game jam that we are hosting, and it's coming up this weekend. So if you haven't yeah. if you haven't abandoned your family yet, now's the time because you're gonna need a full weekend. I find it's this. good to abandon your family at least once per year. Specifically on yeah. Memorial Day to jam with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Specifically just only during that time yeah. frame. And at no never again, frame. also until well, until the next Also one. warn them before you do it. Right. Yes, uh, so we now have two hundred, <laughs> almost two hundred and seventy people signed up for this thing. There's two hundred seven. There's 70? 270? Yeah, what? It's two hundred and something. When did that happen? Mostly it's been the it's day. been escalating rapidly. We're getting like twenty a day now because uh, our our good buddies over at YoYo Games, the creators of Game Maker, they uh, threw us a bone. We sent them a. So we had been talking with them, and they were like, "We want to get more involved in community stuff. You know, we want we want Game Maker to be kind of like." At the core of all these cool community events. And so they just said, you know, what if, if there's anything happening, just keep us in the loop. This was a couple months ago, right? This was, yeah, a few months back. So we started doing this jam, and I'm like, we got to find some sponsors or something. Like, we for got to, for reason. Yeah, we got to like rope some more people into this thing. Well, the goal was just, yeah, the goal is just to get more people. Our, our oh, initial so goal was 50 sponsors. people, right? Yeah. Our, our initial goal for the Shannon Jam was 50 people. It's 100 people, I think. It's 100? Yeah. And yeah. then we started getting there, and we we're like, well, I guess we could get some more. Yeah, we're like, how how can we make this thing bigger? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we just sent a message to Yo Yo Games and we're like, hey, we got this jam thing going on. If you know, if you guys want to get involved in some way, just let us know. And they just casually came back and they were like, What if we put the Shenana Jam logo inside the Game Maker Studio 2 carousel? So when it whenever literally anybody boots up Game Maker for this week, they'll see a uh, link to the Shenanah Jam with our logo and everything else. And so if you if you do it right now... Yeah. If you open up Game Maker Studio 2, you'll see a link to the, the Shenanah Jam. Uh, so they helped out with that, and that has... So we were going from, like, five people a day trickling into the jam to now about 20 a day. Yeah. So that has been tremendously helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's looking like we may end up hitting about 300... What? 300 people. Mm-hmm. So... That's unreal. Well, we, gotta, we have a kick-off event on... Friday night at about uh, what five PM CST seven PM five PM CST five PM CST and then um a kick down down. So or kick off and then a kick down yeah on Sunday night kick down um we'll just do a little brief brief recap and all those will be handled through Twitch or I guess through uh, YouTube live I think is the word we're gonna do I believe so yeah um so we'll be we'll be testing schedule those things or something yeah we're we're kind of figuring this is our first rodeo. So hopefully there's no technical no problems. Hopefully we don't get bucked off. Ah, to be clear, this no. is actually a game jam, not a rodeo. It's true. Yeah, this is a, this is not our first game jam, but it is our first rodeo jam. But right, no, but, it but without a, the rodeo part, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the rodeo
0: is later. We're gonna do that. Yeah. So if you if, if you've been the on the fence about doing this or not, uh, you know, hop on the bandwagon because this cruise bandwagon ship is, is blasting sailing. off. <laughs> Uh, it's for those of you who, who don't know what a game jam is or, you know, whatever. Uh, it is just real quick. It's a 48 hour long event where at the beginning of the event, we will give you a theme and you have 48 hours to make a video game that matches that theme. And if you've never made a game before, perfect, this is the perfect Mm -hmm. time for you to start doing it. We have a bunch of resources on our jams page which uh, if you go to podcast.bscotch.net, just click on the giant thing that says the Butterscotch and Jam. Uh, that'll take you to the the jam page, and we have a, a fact there with all kinds of links to tools you can use and all kinds of advice on how to do it. And uh, Seth also put together a, uh, a quick Game Maker series, actually, this weekend, using our new fancy green screen. Yeah, we got then. a green screen. So he's now hovering in the corner. Like a ghost. Like a ghost. Yes. Spooky. Like a woman in a spooky night dress. <laughs> um, and that, that takes you through making a really simple game. And you should totally do it because all of us got our starts uh, making games through Game Jams. And we actually routinely just get our new ideas from Game Jams and we just use them to prototype stuff. Um, I think our goal for this weekend is, is to experiment with a few sort of pieces of tech. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's a, it's, they're always fun. They're always extremely educational. So if you're if you're still on the fence, get off it. Get off the fence, but just be sure to get off on the, the, right, right, side. In the right direction, yeah, which, which is, is the into jam the jam. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And also, we, this last week, we got all of our podcast episodes uploaded to YouTube. did. We you did? did uh, I want to clarify a few things about the jam also. Yeah. Because we've, so we have a Discord channel. You should jump into it if you think about doing the jam. It's already pretty active. People are talking about it. Uh, and some things have come up, mostly some confusion around time zones and whether or not this is a competition. Yeah. So it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Just for funsies, yeah. Uh, there, there is the judging part, but that's mostly because we want to. We don't know how many games are going to end up appearing, and there might be a lot, and we want to be able to kind of showcase the the most fun ones that come out of it. But and without having to, to potentially play two hundred games, right? We need to be able to find them, mm-hmm. and so we're kind of we're the judging part is to kind of crowdsource finding of of kind of the the coolest games that come out of this. Uh, and also so that you can get some external feedback as as the person who made something mm-hmm. um, for your next jam. So you kind of know what are the things that people got pumped about or didn't get pumped about about the thing that you made. Uh, but it's purely, you know, it's friendly only. It's not supposed to be, it's not like going to the Google Play Store yeah. and launching You should give and, honest feedback, but yeah. give helpful feedback. Yeah. You know? so. Yep. so not a competition. It's just, just for funsies. All right. what's the time zone situation? Because this is a global. This yeah. is a global event. So it, the jam starts at 5 p.m. central time. Because that's where we are. That's where we are. We're hosting it. Yeah, so we get to tell what time it is. Yeah. But really, it's on the internet. So I'm not really sure. Right. If so matters. if you that go to the jams beginning. page, there's a countdown clock okay. that is counting down to the moment the jam starts. The jam starts at one time, period. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... One time, period? One time. Like medieval? One time, end of sentence. <laughs> but BC, uh, though so we had we had a bunch of people trying to like convert it, like converting the countdown clock, you know uh don't be doing that just like when you go to the jam page, <laughs> it'll tell you a countdown clock, and then it, the jam page will also tell you the time that the jam starts where you are mm-hmm. so it's like it just look at the clocks on the jam page and and good to go you. yeah and and definitely do not convert the countdown clock because that's not how clock how countdown clocks work <laughs> so But there were people who were saying that they're going to get kind of screwed because, like, for them, it starts at, like, 6 a.m. on Saturday and then ends at, you know, 6 a.m. Monday, morning. But really, that's perfect. Uh, Because during that 48-hour period. (laughs) Explain. Okay, (laughs) so here's the thing. During the 48-hour period of the jam, it's actually 50 hours. We added a couple extra hours on the end Mm -hmm. for, for safety. But during this jam, everybody has two nights right it's a 48 hour period so everybody's gonna have two eight hour periods of sleep and those periods are just gonna land differently for different people but like if the gym ends at six o'clock in the morning for you then just submit the the game before you go to bed right you said you haven't lost any time because everybody has the same amount of time it's just gonna the difference being though where the time is because because a friday night is very different than like than a saturday Right, so there is a question, which I think is a fair one that we've already argued about. I just want to argue about it publicly on the podcast. <laughs> sure. Which is why not just say it starts at 5 p.m. Friday your time. Uh, it's mostly, I mean, but we, I mean, we can't we can't do that because the thing is, it's itch. not a competition. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. It's about having a good time and making a game. Yeah. Uh, if someone's dishonest and gives themselves an extra like six hours because they started it well, I, six hours early, who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah, it's mostly about trying to sort of have a blazing fire of passion all yeah, yeah. at once <laughs> so which, which i do get except that those people who like are on a really off time zone because when we do like the kickoff that's gonna be at like 5 a.m for some people they're not gonna wake up for that they're gonna miss it regardless yeah it doesn't matter right and the bulk of the event because well, sometimes some people might stay up some people, yeah, yeah but, but we're, we're still gonna do our part at the same time regardless right so yeah so that part's still gonna be there but if they get to start with their get their team together, start on their Friday night, like kick off the weekend going mm-hmm. into the jam. To me, that seems a lot better. It does seem better. You know, the question is, can we do that with the tool? Well, don't we know. don't need to. To me, say, that feels that feels too sloppy. We can just say yeah. it starts at 5 p.m. Your time. Here's when the events happen. Right. All to say, we'll An argue about this problem. off the podcast and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, Yeah. I think no. But uh, no, we won't because for this jam, it's starting at 5 p.m. Central Time. That's it. For the record, I want to say I disagree. Yeah, but it, it's but okay. But in charge. It's okay, because we've already told like 300 people that it's starting at 5 p.m. Uh-huh. CST. We can also yeah. just email all of them, though. So it's really no big deal. True. <laughs> You bickering. <laughs> all right, you bickering married couple. All right, let's get on to some questions. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what I was saying was, all of our podcast episodes are now up on oh, YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to listen to those, go scope them out. You can. All right, so let's move on to some questions. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. If you want to ask questions, get on there and do it. Mm-hmm. But you can use your Bscotch ID uh, or you can ask anonymously. Either way, we don't care. Uh, but just make it a good one. All right. So first question. I got a pair of questions first. It's about voices. Mm. Uh, first question comes from Arkarnix, who asks: Is it Sam's voice saying slash screaming "It's so big" in the embiggening screen? Are there any stories behind making that screen and sound? It's not my voice. It's Fat Bard. Fat Bard, actually, <laughs> um, heavily distorted. It's Patrick specifically. Yeah. And, uh, and as far as the making of that screen, what had happened is we, we decided on what the evolution was going to look like. In other Mm -hmm. words, how that, how that, how the visuals play out. And then Seth randomly because we didn't have any music or sound effects for it. And so mm-hmm. Seth just threw some dubstep in there, which yes. turned on just because he thought it would be a hilarious joke. Do you remember and which it was, one it was? It threw some Skrillex in there. It was but these, I clipped it to the point where... She goes, oh my God! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, so, and so he's he's smiling and giggling to himself, and he's like, hey. <laughs> I just had my headphones on. I was working on this, and I didn't tell this. Sam about it. And so he plays it, and I just... just just lose it and then uh we're like well i guess we had to put that in now yeah so we did and then because well, set- i mean it's inspired by pokemon right we're like it's, mm-hmm. it's like oh it's a- what it's evolving and mm-hmm. then it's just like beep, 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 you know yeah. like some weird just kind of general i think that was a final fantasy game. music yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever video game yeah. music just generic, so, triumphant uh, video game music. but uh-huh. the the other difference we made was that there were just beams that were flying in the background originally and then I think Seth just put, I don't remember why, but you just put white text in there that says all sorts of randomized stuff like vanilla is the best flavor. Chocolate is better than Ch- vanilla. Chocolate is right? better than <laughs> vanilla. Um, just all sorts of these ridiculous uh, little short one-liners that look like, when you're just watching it, they look like beams flying past. But if you screen cap it, you see the... There's tons the of little uh, weird <laughs> phrases in there, so I don't know if anybody Which knows has abs- None of them have anything to do with the pet. Do they have anything to do with the fact that this is a screen about like evolving your creature? No, it's just nuts. It's just total nonsense. So well, there's your stories. And the fun part about it, too, is that people always screen cap that because, like, yeah, it's, so- it's a proud moment. Like, yeah, I evolved my pet. And they screen cap it. And then later they look at it and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically why we did that. Layers of surprise. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Devo. Since listening to the podcast, I stumbled across a BAMLY in Crashlands mm. and distinctly heard your voice. I don't know whose voice. Someone's Somebody's. voice. Mm. Uh, what was your process for discovering what sounds a creature would make and how did you bring those sounds to life? Who was the Bamley? The Bamley was, I believe it was Zach from Fat Bard. Mm. Uh, but Adam, Sam, and I each did some voices for some of the creatures. Mm-hmm. I think all of the Savannah creatures come from out elsewhere, like from Fat Bard and their mm-hmm. associates. Um, Adam did the gallum in the oh, tundra. Yeah, that's right. Sam did the Snorble. Oh, yeah. That's uh, sort of my favorite one. <laughs> screams like a maniac. <laughs> yep. I did the lift. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I remember Patrick did the glazer. <laughs> the glazer? Because he used a paper towel tube and screamed into it. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, woo! <laughs> um, I yeah. feel like that was my favorite noise, actually. So, uh, as far as sort of figuring out what sounds they're supposed to make, we generally, I mean, after we make the creature, we have kind of a sense of what its personality is like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we sent we sent in the wampit, and we're just like, yeah, it's just kind of this dumb like cow hippo thing. Yeah. You know? So just kind of make it make, make it some kind of like moo grunt kind of sounds. Mm-hmm. Um and then we would have a little bit of back and forth, but typically, you know, whatever came out the first time we're just like, yeah, it. close enough, right? Yeah, we we're we try to cede as much uh authorial control over to whoever's in charge of whatever they're actually producing. So yeah, the micromanaging that, is just yeah we'd and we I don't know if we ever requested sound change. I mean, we requested maybe like five sound changes over the course of the entirety of Crashlands, and there's hundreds of them. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty much on, uh, on fat part to just do it. And they, they delivered. Yeah. We're Personally. not the experts. Except otherwise the, we zug. Do it. the Zug was the, well, so I, I loved, there's the a so. few people who, loved who got it. to play the alpha back in October and the beta even 2015. I think it was there in the beta it, too. I think it? we switched it like mid beta. Because the, and people came across the Zug, and it used to, like, just scream. It just went, (laughs) if I may, it went. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it was hilarious the first time. Because you're like, what the fuck is this Because it also opens up its mouth when it does. Like, it really looks like it's just kind of doing this weird scream. But then after, especially when you're. Because the, for most players, when they first encounter them, it's they're too weak to fight one. And so this thing just like screams at them and then murders them. And so it's this kind of hilarious thing. But when that happens a few more times, you can imagine that the rage starts to build. And then that grating baby <laughs> screech noise is just well, terrible. Here's the thing I, I loved that sound so much that I used a Zug as a pet. Even though it was one of the worst pets. Didn't you just also because- in World of Warcraft use one of the stupid birds because they like, they scream super duper loud? Yeah. And, so- they, and they disarm people. <laughs> like take yeah. their arms off or remove their so, weapon? So like, do they take their weapon away? Okay. Yeah. There was a, like as a hunter, you can tame animals from the wild and there were these birds that just like, screeched the whole time they were fighting and then they had a, they would just disarm you about once a minute. It's so, like, you'd be fighting one and you're just like, what the fuck? I mean, you can't, you can't hit it. It's just screaming in your face. Awesome well, you said it was a great psychological tactic it because you stick like it. it on someone, and of course they can hear the sound effects from it. Yeah. And so if it's a wolf or something, it's like, you know, but, <laughs> but if it's this bird, it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like, what is happening? So this reminds me. Uh, so we have a I, I played Unreal Tournament on Sunday night with some mm-hmm. of our buddies. Um, we have a Discord channel called Unreal Buddies, mm-hmm. and every now and then we'll get together and play Unreal Tournament Game of the Year Edition from 1999. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this one weapon. Uh, I believe it's just called the impact hammer. Oh and yeah, it's like it's yeah. like the weapon you use when you have no other yeah, options. It's your unarmed, oh, you got to get it sure. up close. Yeah, right? But you, yeah. you, you like yeah you you hold it, it's like a it's like a, it's a, like a piston sort of it's a piston yeah. with two giant air tanks on it, and so you click and you hold the mouse, and it slowly reels back the piston, and then at a certain point, it's sort of at maximum you know, velocity. And then if you just get up to somebody and if you just touch them with it, you don't even have to release the mouse button. You just touch them with the piston and then it just explodes them, but hmm. you have to get close. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're holding it, it's making this horrible kind of like grating noise. <laughs> and so when it's actually the most That's terrifying, yeah, it's the terif- most terrifying thing because a uh, fat bard was using this thing almost exclusively <laughs> just to fuck with people. And you always knew when he was coming because you'd hear this, like, like, you hear this sound. And then all of a sudden he pops out of a corner. You're like, you're like, get away from me. You know, like, you're just trying to run away the whole time. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot to it. There's a yeah. lot to this psychological warfare tactic. Definitely. It doesn't work as well in a single-player game when you're only fighting against AI. Yeah. So my Zug approach was not probably the best, but yeah, you know, we're gonna do. <laughs> um, all right. So next question comes from Necronomicon 2000. So this is the sort of more updated version mm-hmm. of the Necronomicon. Uh, Still a little bit old. A little outdated still, yeah. Yeah, but better than the the previous one, which was 30,000 years old or something. Yeah. Uh, Hey, so I'm getting ready to graduate high school and wondering if you guys had any suggestions for a summer job. What would you suggest that pays somewhat decently? Well, congrats on graduating from high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That pays decently as a high schooler. We did lifeguarding. That paid pretty well. Lifeguarding is good. Uh, Anything that requires a, just a tiny bit of training or skill. You do I'd need recommend. to get mm-hmm. CPR certification, and mm-hmm. you also need training to be able to know how to, like, get a person who is dying out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're, if you're cool with being in a position where someone's life hangs in the balance, but also you're being paid around a minimum wage, mm-hmm. that's, a good, that's a good option. <laughs> and but- you probably have to pay for your certification ahead of time presumably. Yeah. yeah. It's so not then, too bad, but, but, but then your whole summer of minimum wage probably. Does. But here was the the great <laughs> thing about being a lifeguard. And I, so here's the thing. I don't know if this is the case in all sort of pool environments, but uh, being a lifeguard, you know, everybody kind of recognizes that it's, it's not super thrilling because you just sit in the chair and you're just watching people. And uh, so you, you're supposed to take pretty regular breaks, right? So you sit in the chair for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever and then you come down for like 15 to 30 minutes while people rotate through. Mm-hmm. So you actually have the most downtime out of pretty much like any job ever. Yeah. Which means you can do other stuff like read books, mm-hmm. you know. Learn uh, how to program. Learn how to program, you know, bring your laptop yeah. to, the, to the pool, and to yeah, the break just, room. Yeah, I would just work in the break room or read stuff. Yeah. Or just chat with people, hang out. Mm-hmm. I read tons of stuff. yeah. The best was when we'd have like five lifeguards on duty for the day, but then it's the weather's really shitty or something, and so basically nobody comes to the pool, so you, have so you only need up. one or two guards up. They're up for fifteen minutes, <laughs> and then they come down for an hour yep. for a break and go back up for fifteen minutes. Ah, come those, down are for those are great. Those were the best. No, uh, people occasionally poop on the sidewalks, which is terrible. Or in yeah, the that's the thing. What? Yep. People well, just always pooping. Yeah, you get in pools you get enough people together, and someone's gonna wearing shit nothing, on wearing nothing but like swimming trunks, and just suddenly people are shitting on things. I don't know. <laughs> so what? it's not all sun. You know, it's not all sunshine and roses. There's a lot of poop involved, and yep. a lot of clouds. Also, you also but... you also have kids who are like, I'm gonna do a trick, and they'll like jump off of a concrete slab onto another concrete <laughs> slab, and they're like, Push. I'm wounded. To and man, be fair, it was a neat trick. It was pretty cool. But then you <laughs> as a lifeguard, you got to be like, well, there's. All your life juice is coming out. So now I got to put it back in. or now I got to staple or, that yeah. knee closed or whatever. <laughs> so, but you know, it's all part of your first day of training. It's just part of the job. <laughs> so so I, I enjoyed that. I think if you can, if you can get a job that does require some sort of skill, because I mean, being like learning CPR is super useful, even though we had to pay for it anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is valuable. Yeah. Valuable knowledge. But if, if your goal is to get paid reasonably, I'm not really sure what the right move is there. Actually. Well, it's also yeah, question, Do you need money now or later? Or later? Because if, right. if you're okay now, then just spend your summer teaching yourself how to program because yeah. that'll pay off in dividends in the long the term, term. Or any so. long-term skill, frankly. Calculus, stats. Yeah. Those care. are harder to sell than programming, though. Like, literally, everybody wants programmers. That's yeah. True. Everybody in the universe. Mm-hmm. And it seems like magic. And so they'll pay you. Because like we discussed programming is basically wizardry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that'd be a good one. So yeah, I think it's kind of a question of, you have to just use your judgment. Do you need money right now? Or do you need a lot of money later? Mm hmm. You know? So those are your, those are your mm-hmm. options basically. Um, all right. So next question comes from space bat. Space bat says I've been playing a lot of, uh, Stardew Valley recently. Mm-hmm. So since you may or may not be making a farming game, which characters will I be able to romance? <laughs> So this is an interesting question. We talked about romance the other day, didn't we? We did. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also interesting to point out here that for some reason, f- farming game is synonymous with romancing people mm-hmm. in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can romance in Farm Simulator 2017. Ah, I Have you played like it? Too busy driving combines and stuff. That's the thing, actually. It's uh, like most of the time you're driving the combine, you're with on the, the phone time, with all of your various- All your, hotties. All your Yeah. <laughs> You have to like go to farmers only or whatever that dating yeah is for yep. farmers yeah but, but the but the fake version of that, that yeah most the of the game. game is actually you in the cab like looking at sort of like farmer Tinder or whatever right. on your phone and like swiping left <laughs> or right and then <laughs> right. Sending love letters. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's got a very big following. It does actually have a huge following. I guess that must be why. I assumed it was about the farming aspect, but it's actually (laughs) no. It's just farming is one of the few things that provides enough downtime. Sitting in the cab of that combine and stuff, where you can also romance people a lot. Right. Yeah. So farmers lead very scandalous (laughs) lives. But yeah, in well, uh, Stardew Valley, though, you don't even have a combine. So, like, you know, how. Why would so, anyone want to date you? Yeah. So, what? Yeah. And <laughs> in and, and Stardew Valley, sense. you go out, you pull like 16 weeds, and you're like, oh, God, I can't go on anymore. And then you yeah. go to bed at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're like super, <laughs> you're super weak. You get yeah. fatigued easily. You can't wait, even. You've been, get in better that, shape. You've been but, working in a cubicle for your whole life. Yeah, yeah. But you don't even get in better shape, you know? Because, like, because you can work on your farm, Stardew Valley, for years. And be just as weak and as still the you're like the oh you shit started. I pulled four weeds. I'm well, it's out. actually I'm it's, out. it's from getting better tools. I think that makes you less weak. Mm, right. Well, you're you as own... weak you just have, which is actually true. I guess yeah, that sure. better tools help, but also you should get stronger. You should because I don't know if I don't know if any of our listeners have are farmers or have been around farmers, but those people they're jacked. They're human machines. Yeah. They will work for. 18 hours a day, and they don't even give a shit. Also, if you ever high-five a farmer, be very careful because their hands are like... Their hands are like bowling balls. Yeah, <laughs> Real careful. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would advise don't even go for a handshake. Just do a fist bump. Even that's really dangerous, but... Honestly, you, have a fist honestly, you, have you shouldn't approach a farmer. You should only just make eye contact from 15 yards away. That's just probably the best move. And then because- put your head down to signal submission before yep. they <laughs> <laughs> you should kick. Yeah, don't treat don't it. smile at them because right, they'll treat it as a that's display a, of aggression. Right. Right. Show me your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're they're fucking strong. So I guess if we had a farming game mm-hmm. also known as a romance simulator yeah right uh, who who you get a romance? I think anybody you want. Yeah, what I if, guess, can what you is romancing for? What if, in the context of a game? Here's a question: What if in the background? So you're trying to romance these people, right? But the interesting thing about Stardew Valley, but the, they're trying to romance you, or they're trying other. to romance each other. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you love it's like quadrangle. Yeah, it's like playing the real world dating game right. where you have to figure out if someone likes you or if they're dating someone else. And how then you, then could you gotta be a, a homewrecker. Uh, then you, you know? gotta, <laughs> you gotta intercept. Yeah, so you talk to one NPC and they're like, Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, I'm taking Bob on a date. Over there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't think so. And you're like, would you like to go do this other thing instead at the same time? Mm-hmm. Bob's like, I don't know. Jerry asked me on a date. And you're like, <laughs> what about this shiny seashell I found? <laughs> Bob's like, yeah. Yeah. And all then right. It turns out, like, then you're in a relationship for a while. It turns out that Bob was married the whole time. <gasps> yeah. And even, he even never worse, told you, so how could you have known? And then Bob's spouse comes and murders you. Whoa. Yeah. And also it's very complicated. And also there's this kind of uh, this high level social commentary going on because the only way, of course, to win people's affection is to give them gifts. Right. But then it turns out that the only people you have the option of dating are just materialist douchebags mm-hmm. who only want you because of your wealth. Yeah. You right. know? And like as soon as those gifts stop flowing, they're just like, I'm out. I'm done with this. And it turns out the only way to win is to not play. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that'd be our romance game. <laughs> Coming spoiler 2018. I kind of want to make this game now. I would love to make a romance game. It'd be really entertaining. It'd be hilarious. Mm. Let's do it. Isn't that that how to full bird game? How to full girlfriend or whatever the pigeon simu- pigeon dating simulator? <laughs> I haven't played it, but I saw I it neither. all over the place. Yeah, a we'll pigeon go. dating simulator. Yeah. yeah, I might go check. I think pigeons have very elaborate. It's courtship pigeons dating people though, I think right? Or is a pigeon? No, like I think I think you're a pigeon also. But you're a pigeon. Are you dating other pigeons? Or are you a pigeon dating people? You're dating other pigeons. Okay. Just pigeons everywhere. It's just it wouldn't make sense tank. really in any direction, but I think that <laughs> one makes the most sense probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next <laughs> one comes from Degeki. Question for each person. Are all of the people? Each person in the whole. World, Jeez, oh, it's take This well. is going to be a longer podcast than we planned. Uh, what are the steps, tools, trainings, tricks, guidelines, et cetera, that you use to become an expert in a hurry? Sam, I think you have. It's also like 10 questions per person. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot. So basically, how do you get good at a thing quickly? How do you get good? <laughs> how do you get good? Okay, how do you get if good? If you want to get well, good. Quickly is, uh, is an interesting one. Yeah. Is it though? Well, there's the question of can you get good at something quickly? If you just define quickly however you want. Well, how can you become rapidly less shitty? Okay, that's better. I can do that. So uh, there's there's the concept of uh, deliberate practice. There's a book called Peak, actually, which just answers this question. So I'm just gonna direct you to that book. Not P-E-E-K. Yeah, P-E-A-K. P key can say if you get that double E peak. That's probably a very different genre of yeah. <laughs> book. Probably a farming book. farming romance <laughs> novel. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so. But I'd recommend only reading, like, the first chapter of that book because it takes an entire novel to explain that you should practice. It's it's a sentence it book. Well, there's there's another it's book called lengthy. Mastery by Robert Greene. I assume it's that probably also similar. has, like, a one-sentence takeaway. Similar. Sentence take similar. It yeah. basically says, I'm really getting tired of these books. <laughs> it basically says practice deliberately, and that's it. So if you're like, okay, I, I suck at drawing. Okay, it'd be one thing to just go and just make a lot of shitty drawings with no sort of aim. The other thing to do would be just pick a particular thing. So you're like, all right, I'm really bad at drawing. Um, I'm just going to draw my face every day for the next four years. And try to get it as close to life as possible. I'm going to try to make it look like my face. We'll see what happens. And I'm, mm-hmm. everything I look up is just going to be about how to make my face look like my face when I draw it. Mm-hmm. And, and then every time you draw something, you now reevaluate it and ask, what did I fuck up here? What can I do? Sometimes you're like, tomorrow? okay, this time I drew Morgan Freeman. Right. So <laughs> that's wrong. Definitely not I mean, my face. face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keep working on it. So, this drawing so, does have a nice voice, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So buttery smooth. So what you do is you just slowly... uh Pick a thing, a very narrow category of the broad thing that you're trying to do, um, whether it's, so if it's game development, for example. If you're like, all right, uh, because the, the reality is that, of course, putting art into games and animating stuff is actually completely different than designing a really good game. And they do go hand in hand to a degree. But um, the reality is you'll see a lot of people and we make this joke a lot about people who prefer building engines over building video games because they get stuck sort of in the programming mindset of just mm-hmm. making cool technology rather than making the technology that serves the very specific purpose of making a game. So mm-hmm. the whole point is that with deliberate practice is that you pick a thing to do very narrowly define that thing, um, break it down into really small pieces and then just practice. So put a lot of time in to and don't worry about the rest. Game. Yeah. You and just orbiters. worry about that one thing. Don't, mm-hmm. don't even ask, is this getting me closer to the bigger nebulous, completely mm-hmm. not understandable goal. Mm-hmm. Just take that goal first, break into pieces, take the one smallest tiny piece and tackle it. Stop worrying about stuff. Yep. So there's a there's an idea of what's called a general skill. A general skill is something that is actually made up of a bunch of sub skills. So in drawing, it's like line work, for example, is its own skill that you have to develop in order to, at some point, have a really high level general skill of drawing. Uh, perspective work is a whole another thing too. So mm-hmm. there's a you could start them in a particular order. You can follow tons of books on them. Um, but the reality is, if you just if you break these larger, extremely nebulous things down into really narrow categories and then just focus on that until you get that to a point where you're like, okay, I'm like either seeing marginal benefit from continuing or I've gotten enough that I feel like I'm going to move on to the next scale so that I can move on to just sort of working in a a general sense with whatever the medium is. So when you say put the time in, Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? Because a minute is not a minute. It depends on how you use it. Right. So I'm assuming when I see something like put the time in that... You're gonna sit down with just that thing and no distractions. So you're not gonna go. Doing I'm that gonna thing. quote practice drawing, but then you also have like Battlestar Galactica on, and you're gonna watch all yeah two you know, seasons. So mm-hmm. when I when I practice drawing, so I've actually I started practicing drawing the last couple of days. Time of the question. Um, it's a good time to start. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, these guys can attest. I did a self portrait on Saturday, and then I did a different one. on Well, no, Sunday. you did. Someone else's portrait. The joke was that I drew <laughs> John Hodgman. <laughs> <laughs> my first self portrait, I apparently was John Hodgman. Uh, the second one actually does look like me. So, um, but the, the thing I do is I actually put my phone, I put my phone in another room. Uh, I just said use my watch for a timer. And then my goal is to put it in, in, uh, 60 minutes of just pure working on it a day. And if I can do two hours and that's sort of like the ideal scenario. And my, my, just my first goal is, is simply to do a bunch of pencil drawings, So again, the narrowness thing, pencil drawings that are focused on drawing from life. So I'm not even cartooning or anything, which is essentially what we do for the games. Um, The drawing from life with pencils and uh, the goal is to do 20 hours of that. Yeah, that's it. And so once I finish the 20 hours which it should be done like next week sometime. This is 20 hard hours of just doing that yep. thing and not paying attention to anything yep. else. Then once I finish those 20 hours, then I will reevaluate and say, do I want to do this more or should I pick say composition or something else? Now that I can theoretically draw some stuff with relative ease. Um, what's that like? And the thing is, it still feels like, you know, the first, actually I was thinking about this the other day. Do you guys remember or have you, have you ever watched a kid learn to read? Or do you remember learning to read? Too long ago. Too long no, ago. explain. Well, if you like it's because it's just hard. It's just harder than shit to learn to read. Yeah, it makes right? no sense until it does. Yeah, it makes no sense. And like you're sitting there, and you got the, your stupid finger underneath a huge, <laughs> gigantic letter, right? And you're like, Buh. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how it starts. Yeah, and so. The thing to note is that if, you have, <laughs> if you have no right. literacy. Yeah, you sound it out and then your brain is like, what word have I heard that sounds like right. noises I just made? <laughs> right. Right. You don't even know what the fuck you're reading until you say it. Yeah. Right? Letter by letter. So the interesting thing is that uh, uh, when, when I was working on my drawings last night, so it was an hour at the end of the day. I was really tired, but I was just like working on this thing. It was just hard the whole time. It was a a full hour and it was just really, really hard. And everything I was drawing was relatively garbage. Um, And I just, I was just sort of reflecting on the fact that this stuff, whenever you're doing something that's a a new skill or even in a narrow category, like it's just this one little piece of this whole general skill. um, It probably will feel like you're doing a completely shit job Most of the time, yeah. Up until basically when it doesn't, right? And Mm -hmm. when it starts, when it starts to get easier, but it's still going to be hard. And you know, I just, I the reason I compared it to reading is because I think that it's so much, it's very obvious in reading, and everybody's required to do it, and 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 most people have gone through that process. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like the you know literacy rate in the United States is is really high, and across the developed world it is now. So the thing is, something as difficult as reading, which is extremely difficult to do, actually. Um, we've sort of forced everybody to learn how to do. You know, you have to go do it. We have structure in place for figuring it out. But when it comes to drawing or programming or there's other stuff, there's sort of you get to choose. And I think the, the the difficulty with sort of willingly putting yourself up to be tortured daily. Uh, just repeatedly is, failing at a thing. Yeah, you want it slightly differently every day. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about like a different general skill. Yeah. Just the ability to learn, to self-directedly learn. Um, I think that sort of... Slightly masochistic tendency there, which is the ability to just sit down and do terrible, just terrible. And especially as an adult, when you know that you're doing terrible, this is slightly different than when you're yep. a kid. Um, you got to know what your target is. Just that every day, even if you're doing badly, you're still moving in like 180 degree cone. Well, that's why I like the measurement, the measurement <laughs> I put is just that focus time because, yeah, because I could do that. I could sit there for 60 minutes and try to draw, you know, the drawing might turn out terrible but the point is i did the 60 minutes and so ideally if i'm approaching that 60 minutes correctly with a deliberate practice idea then no matter what if i put the time in then it should gradually move me forward you know this makes me think of Mm. uh when i do random world generation in a game i'll put i'll put like one one room like a dungeon room somewhere and i'll put another dungeon room somewhere else far away right And now I need to generate a path between the two. Mm -hmm. But in order to make that path interesting, I give it an incredible amount of randomness. So I'll say, you're going to basically aim at the room that you're trying to get to, to lay down each node of the path. Uh, But then you're going to go in a completely random direction between negative 90 and positive 90 degrees, right? So you're going to just kind Mm -hmm. of, you're just going to move in a total, you're moving a total 180 degree cone that's kind of focused around the direction you're going. And you know what's the crazy thing? It always gets there, Mm. always, Uh, right? So even though you could technically go sideways for like a year, you know, eventually you're still going to actually get there, (laughs) (laughs) right? And of course, the the longer you, the more iterations there are, the more likely it is that you that any given moment you've you've made a step toward your target, Mm -hmm. and uh, and eventually you just end up there. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I've been I track this as far as tools though, track it in a spreadsheet. That's it. So, but my goal is to do 20 hours, like I said, and my goal is 60 minutes a day. So I just put it in a spreadsheet, easy peasy. That's that. You just need those. I- you need those iterations. Yeah, you're good yeah. to go. Well, but but that's actually not the extent of your systems, because then you also have to have uh, a system at home that allows you to have those 60 minutes of uninterrupted work, mm-hmm. right? So now part of your system is actually having an open discussion with your spouse and saying, mm-hmm. Hey, this is the thing that I'm going to do. Like make sure that she understands what, what you're doing and why and why you need that time. And then arrange for like how you're going to organize your life together to provide that time. Right. right. Cause it's also rough if somebody keeps jumping in and being, like, Hey, you want to do, you want to do a thing? Yeah. yeah, you, gotta, can you, cut this grass and you're like you, thanks i just lost the last 20 minutes yeah yeah because it's also is the case that having somebody pull your focus away from a thing uh is very expensive in terms of time because getting your brain recalibrated back into working mm-hmm. on the thing even if somebody takes your focus away for five seconds um you do lose like a minute you or know at least or yeah. at least yeah so you, gotta re, you have to rebuild the mental framework that you had of mm-hmm. what you were working on yep um so yeah so it's you, you want to make your systems as simple as possible in terms of the thing that you have to actively interact with. So when it comes to like a spreadsheet or something, you know, just do the bare minimum so that that itself doesn't yeah, create a right. barrier and a burden. Uh, but then otherwise you need to organize everything about your life to provide that time in a way that doesn't then just give you anxiety in the back of your brain. Right. right? And so, so that might mean, so for me, that means if I get home, if there's something I want to work on in my evenings, that when I get home, that means I have to take care of chores immediately and get those out of the way. Right. Because once those are done, they no longer are a little anxiety inducing thing mm-hmm. in the back of my mind. Uh, and so now I can dramatically increase my focus on something. Um, so a lot of it is organizing your social life and, and your and your various, especially the tiny little responsibilities you have, because like we all just have a mountain of tiny responsibilities mm-hmm. all the time. And if you can just, you know, wipe those things out, clean them off the deck, you know, then then you can get to your or batch them together in different ways. Right. To compartmentalize them. Yep. Yeah. And this actually, so this is kind of like uh, in my. So I have a, a talk up on YouTube called "Do What You Want." You mm-hmm. can find it through our our YouTube channel. We've linked to it. Um, and one of the things, one of the most important things in there is uh, this this concept of of commitment overflow. Where if you say like I'm going to you know spend 60 minutes a day doing art, um, what that means is that every day, if you don't if you don't have any other systems built in to sort of manage what that 60 minutes is going to look like then every day you have to rethink your entire day and figure out how you're going to get those 60 minutes in. Right. Yep. Um, which is why most people kind of just fall off the wagon. Like they try to start a new thing. They want to start exercising, practicing something, whatever. Um, they can keep it up for like a week at most, um, but then the rest of their normal routines of life just kind of like crowd it back out mm-hmm. again. And so you didn't, you didn't just make a permanent space for that. Thing. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, like if you're spending two hours a night watching TV or something, you have to just say, I just don't get to do that now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you only have so many hours in a day and every hour is taken by something um, already. There's nobody is just sitting around with like a just an empty void of two hours just floating yeah, in the middle right. of the day. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So you, you take that time, you say every day from seven to 8 PM or whatever, I'm working on this thing. And that time is sacred. Nothing touches it. Everybody Mm -hmm. in your life knows you shut your phone off during that time. You know, Mm -hmm. like that is just for that one thing that you're trying to, Mm -hmm. trying to do. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's deliberate, very mm-hmm. intense, focused practice, yep. and rearrange your life systems to fit. And, and for me, the way that I get into a new, uh, complicated thing, like learning a new programming language or something, uh, is is the way that I do it is a, is a strict R and D phase followed by a strict experimenting and making stuff phase. And it's basically because it's it, it's very easy to just kind of like read about how to do stuff and then mm-hmm. just do that forever. Uh, and it's also very easy just to jump into a thing without knowing anything about it and. Hoping that just flail for they a while, just flail and, and 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 both. I mean, the first one will never get you where you want to go, the second one will get you somewhere, but mm-hmm. actually not where you need to go. Uh, and and then there's, and there's, of course, an alternative, which is to kind of do them both together. Um, which I think is what most people do. Uh, I actually. Don't like that approach as much because then I feel like I'm constantly switching between ways of thinking and, and what I'm doing. Uh, and so my strict R&D phase is basically find some well-rated book. And even though like you can't learn, and it's, they're usually out of date because it's programming, you know, but but find some book that covers the topic decently well by an expert in that thing. Who preferably knows how to talk about things to non-experts. Right. Yeah. But even if they do, if you, if you have some transferable knowledge, like, you know, some other programming language or something, you, you can identify kind of the right, thing right so so for me i'm usually actually finding for finding trying to find stuff like for programming language from somebody who is an expert trying to talk to other experts um because that way i know like i won't understand a lot of it but i'll, I'll hit all the details that i need to be thinking about and then i just do i, I take the fire hose of information approach so it's just i read a book i read the whole book and and carefully but also very fast with a lot of kind of skimming right but it's, it's always looking for like little details and notes where I know I won't understand all of it, and necessarily even a lot of it, but I'll, I'll get a cursory overview of the thing that I'm about to go try to do. So when you start doing it, you're like, I feel like I've seen exactly. Some of this before. So now all of a sudden, as I, then, then I go, then I put all that stuff away, and then I go sit down and start with deliberate practice, start actually working on using that stuff that I just had. And of course, then I start building it. And, I'm, and from the very beginning, I'm like, I have no idea how to how even fucking start. Right. So then I'll still like, go back and do a little bit of early R and D, like watch a YouTube video tutorial or something to get the ball rolling and then just start making stuff. And, and from there, now all of a sudden when I'm hit a moment of confusion, it's really, it's much easier to go search for the information because I've, even though I don't know what I've seen it before. And so now I know how to, I know the right, right words. I know how to search well, I think and then I can start to piece it together by doing it. There's a big, a really big piece of this, which I think is, is that a lot of people procrastinate doing a thing by preparing. For right. It. And yeah. there's this really good, I think it's, it's the war of art guy, Stephen Pressfield, um, who I think says, that you're you're given a maximum, a maximum of three books to read on a subject before right. you have to go do things because otherwise you're just reading books and you're not actually. Yeah, I try to read it. exactly one book That's on a good on a topic. To yeah. And sometimes two, if I feel like one is for some reason not or if I feel like there aren't any good books, then mm-hmm. I'll try to take two that feel really different so I can feel like I got an actual, you know. It's important, you know, like you're just you're never ready to do anything. No, you gotta you gotta get started. Yeah. Um, but for me it's mostly that uh because in the past I always started in a vacuum where I would just be like, I want to learn Python. And I would just like start doing it. Right. And, uh, and yeah, like you can actually get into it and start doing useful stuff, but, but it's one of those, you end up on the part of that Dunning-Kruger curve or whatever, right. Where you think, you know, a lot more than you do and you're doing Mm -hmm. everything wrong and you don't know it because you just went flailing first. Uh, but if you just get a little bit of an overview from, again, from experts who are using the thing properly, uh, before you jump in and not a lot, just enough, you know, so that you have sort of the the patterns of thinking and that sort of thing. And I guess this is true for anything, not just, Programming, mm-hmm. um, but you get get kind of an overview of just how to think about the problem, and then go flail around. Um, it, but more, it puts you in a more like so go flail more around directed, in like a ninety that, degree exactly, cone instead right. of a hundred and eighty right. degree right. Right. cone. Right. So you still have you can still only truly learn by just doing a thing with deliberate practice, uh, but having an overview of of what that thing is and what the problems are that you're gonna confront ahead of time can be really useful. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't obsess over it and only do that. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that gives you some ammo. I don't know. Yeah. My yeah. strategy, read a book, get to work. Mm-hmm. And work, Two separate steps. And get to work real good. Real good. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah. Find a mentor if you can. Those can help. They'll help you know which books to read, what mistakes yeah. to avoid, that kind of thing. Um, Speaking of which, we do have a book list. We do. Oh, <laughs> <there's> yeah. <laughs> Books.bsketch.net. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're trying to do a thing, maybe there'll be a book in there that will help mm-hmm. you as possible. do that thing. Scoop it out. Yeah. Uh, we actually have, we have a section of in there that's just general books that anybody should read, no matter what your discipline is. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, you know, check those out. Our right, next question comes from Cathal, who says, mm. "I noticed the stats in Crashlands has a creature's deconstructed stat. Was this uh, just a whimsical choice of words, or is it a pointer to some unspoken lore?" It's actually neither it's just a euphemism
1: <laughs> it's, a it's a euphemism, euphemism for murder Yeah, it was
0: carefully chosen actually yeah. as a euphemism i think it actually was murder wasn't it for a while uh or maybe we was, it, was, uh, it it was probably whimsically we put it in as murdered because we so it. we bet. just realized that you know if we linguistically embrace the fact that you're basically genociding an entire continent mm-hmm. of animals yeah then that you know it's a little fucked up. Yeah, if you think about it. <laughs> so yeah, we, we wanted to soften it a bit. We didn't want you to, you know, play through Crashlands and then look at your, your deconstructed list and, yeah. and be like, oh, God. I killed this many creatures. I feel for these wampets. Mm-hmm. you yeah. know. No, we want you to be totally happy. Take Because people don't usually feel bad about cutting down trees. So that was the idea. It was... Yeah, how do we make it feel like you're just cutting down a really just aggressive de- you're just tree? You're deconstructing another <laughs> right. type of resource that yep. just happens to attack That's you. That's why sometimes. we use the same word for each mm-hmm. one. And a resource that you can also raise as a pet and have it follow you around, <laughs> name and develop emotional yeah. also, And there aren't any docile creatures, right? Everything nope. attacks you.
1: Yeah, and it that is, was that was another point. Is the mm-hmm.
0: originally the wampets were just completely docile. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we added and the, you murdered them. Yep. Yeah, so they'd just be hanging out, and you just run in like a, like and a maniac. We're, and we talked about this in the past, too. Also, there was this down mechanic there. Yeah. So they were, they they would were look completely docile. Sad. We referred to it as murder or killing or something. And then when you killed them, you didn't actually kill them. They just got, like, really sad and shaky. And then and you had to deliver a killing blow. And then you had to blow. deliver a deliberate killing Which blow. was awesome. because You would fly did, like, in a the flip. air, it flip, and then, like, bring a weapon down full force onto their face and then they would explode and there'd be like a blood splat on the ground <laughs> where they were. So we removed all of that shit. It was shit. spectacular, but yeah, I was... Uh, like, this is getting dark. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So then we, <laughs> so we backed it way up. Because again, like the, the point of the game is to be this gleeful thing where we want you to be lost in it and feel like there's some reality there, but not not all the bad kinds of reality. Because there's a yeah. lot of bad reality that we want to get you out of, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of the purpose uh, and there's there's enough things just being murdered all the time, yeah. it, you know. Just and so, oh, and, and I think really the turning point was you know of sort of getting that empathy problem taken care of <laughs> <laughs> was just having it so that the wampets are docile generally, mm-hmm. but if you get too close to one, like real close, then it'll get pissed and come yeah. after you. Or if you break apart uh, sawgrass think, yeah. next to it, yeah, then they get mad and attack. As soon as the the creatures become the aggressor then it feels totally fine to just, it's just murder fight. them almost all of them yeah, yeah. cuz you're like that one wompit I broke a piece of grass and that one wompit tried to kill me I'm yeah. killing all yeah. of and these we deliberately we <laughs> did it so Sam. we we originally when we first had the like original tutorial of the game we gave you a weapon first mm-hmm. and then you went and you could fight wompits first thing out of the gate and we realized no we need to we need to make you hate these things mm-hmm. so yeah. we don't give you a weapon at all and we make you collect a bunch of sawgrass first because by going out and picking up sawgrass, you're going to piss off some wampets, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So we put the player in a scenario where they are repeatedly getting attacked by these creatures and they can't defend themselves and they just have to run away. And then finally they get a sword and they're like, it's go time, right? <laughs> uh, so, be, yeah, the, the progression of items and, and all those like aggro mechanics and stuff were very deliberate to try to. And then, of course, calling it deconstructing creatures. You yeah. know, it's all very deliberate to try to, you know, mitigate actually what's happening. <laughs> 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 all right. So uh, we got one final question, which comes from Specchio, who says, in terms of player feedback and playtesting for your newest game. Are you going to get the community involved sooner, later, or around the same stage in development as Crashlands? Mm-hmm. So in Crashlands, we did two testing phases. We did an alpha that was about one year into development, mm-hmm. and then we did a beta, which was the, about a year after that, and um, only two months before launch. Two months before launch. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think the the alpha I think they were both good. Yeah. In terms of timing, so one was about halfway mm-hmm. through development, one was was toward the end of development. Um, the, the alpha gave us a lot of insights about balance and stuff. But at the same time, I think, uh, it was really early though. It was really early. And this is, this kind of reminds me of like, sometimes people will send us games and ask for feedback on them. And then they'll also say, here's a list of all the things that are broken or unimplemented in my game. Right. And can you still give me feedback about the game? The answer is no. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of need. Matter. Well, you need all the. Par- you at least need all the parts yeah. because. So th- this is one of the problems we had because there's no story in it. Um, I don't I remember what other mechanics were missing. I think we but just had the savannah Sort of. Just, we just, we yeah. just had the savannah You couldn't go to the bog, and there was no bosses. There were no bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, and it was just sort of working your way through the resources. So you'd fight wallpits at you? that point. Maybe even, I don't think there's anything in them. Okay. We, we had the art asset, but we hadn't figured out how to put it in there. Okay, yeah, so we did have the infinite <laughs> yeah. inventory. We did yeah, have the build mode. So it was just kind of like the alpha was really just kind of a testing of the core underlying mechanics of the game. Yeah, but none mean, of the content. Yeah, really. the important thing there is that without like the story components and without some of the other larger pieces in place, uh, it ends up, I mean, you're, you're kind of making, but you're making decisions without full context, which is kind of dangerous to do. Um, dangerous in the sense that you can you can you can actually make what ends up being the wrong decision for the game as it will be right not versus what it right. is yeah and th- so, this is something that we we often hear people talk about when they talk about for example uh, making their game and then going into the polish phase right where like they they put all the mechanics in they put all these systems in and they develop it for like a year and a half or two and then they're like now let's add explosions, smoke, sound effects, Mm -hmm. you know, screen shake, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have this weird problem where uh, up until that point, you've been making all of your decisions about the balance of the game uh, out of the context of what it's actually going to feel like to play the game. Right. Because all those little points of feedback, all those like, you know, like smoke, fire, whatever, they make the game feel differently. Mm -hmm. And the balance of a game is not about what is actually true mathematically. It's about what the game feels like. Right. right? And so this is why in, uh, in pretty much any actually good platformer, there's a grace period. When you run off a ledge, you have like a 10th of a second to still jump, even when you're not actually touching anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, that is mathematically uh, inconsistent with what should be true about the world. But whenever, uh, whenever developers found that whenever they had it so that a player could just could not jump if their feet weren't touching the ground, period, then players felt like they couldn't make jumps, mm-hmm. and they felt like the game was overly difficult and unfair, even though it was just doing was exactly just what you see, what was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it's you know it, it's a it's a bad idea to try to get feedback early. It's a bad well, idea. I would I wouldn't say it's a bad idea because I think the thing is well you, you have, have to know what you're asking have, for. You have to know what's yeah. missing, and you have to know what what might be going in and you and you need to ask for specific things when you're asking for feedback, you can't just give somebody an unpolished partially done thing and say, what do you think about this? Cause, well, and there's also, there's also a big problem too, which is like, if you hand somebody something that's that unfinished mm-hmm. and you say, Hey, can I get some feedback in their mind? They're going, does this person think that this is good? Right. And if so, how can I tell them it's not good <laughs> right. without hurting their feelings? Because right. why would they be asking for feedback on something in this rough of a state? You right. Know? Well, yeah. the, the important note is that, uh, you, it is, it is critical that you get feedback that, that you do get feedback early and often, um. But again, having, coming back to the skills thing, I think, uh, it, it does take a while to learn how to listen to people and what they're talking about. And also from a design standpoint to learn where the holes are going to be because of systems that are missing during death, because the reality is like you, even with us, you know, doing the alpha, all, all of the feedback sessions we did prior to the beta were extremely informative, just not along the lines of balancing the whole game is usually around pieces of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the important thing to know is that you'll usually get one shot at doing the full balance once everything's in, which is the beta stage. Yeah. But um, I will say we never we never tried to get feedback from people on things that we didn't feel good about. Correct. So even though like we had so we had the Savannah biome and we had all these recipes in there, we had all this armor, we had all the creatures, we had all the content there. Um, and we th- we felt like it was in a pretty good spot. So we didn't like leave out sound effects. Mm-hmm. We had all the music. We had mm-hmm. all of the special right. effects of like when you fought stuff, you know, whatever. Um, all the pieces were there. And so then we got actual feedback about what was there and not what was missing. Because mm-hmm. that's what your feedback will right. tend to focus on. Right. So, uh, And I think, yeah, but one thing we did sort of learn a little bit unexpectedly, because you also will learn some unexpected things on parts that are not polished and ready to go yet. And I think for the alpha we had, that was a point where we had the concentric ring biomes. Oh yeah, and there wasn't really anything in the other ones, but you could still get there, right? And because the game is all about exploration mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, uh, we had we had you know carefully balanced, we thought the sort of the size of the inner biome so that people could sort of complete it during the alpha and and make it to the to the bog, even though there was really not much. I think there was like one there was like a vama in there. Was yeah, like there, was like, there, was like there was one or two so, things. Yeah, there was like a few plants or something. Uh, so still enough to like kind of pull people in, and, and so. So what we got to observe was that people had the same sort of behavior of, of like looking for stuff and experiencing the game once they entered that next ring. Uh, and we actually played it because we played it during the alpha as well. And like actually fully play tested at that point. And what we and our play testers found was those who made it there. Uh, even though the bog wasn't finished and we didn't intend people to hang out there, they had still gone through the kind of exploratory behavior and found that it basically sucked. Not because of what, wasn't there, but just because of how because of the actual design, designed. Yeah. yeah, that there was a design failure of that concentric rings. Where the whole beauty of starting in the middle of a circle was that there's like a return point to come back to, and you can kind of keep on like trying other spots. But as soon as you're in a concentric ring outside of that, now all of a sudden it's like you're not in the middle of it. You're not in the middle, and so when you go like you're starting on the edge, and you're always on the edge, there's yeah. The it's just and it's <laughs> really weird because now now it's not just like a matter of going away from where you were, and now you're in a more interesting spot. Like it feels like any direction you go now, all of a sudden feels the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a thing we didn't really realize was a design flaw until again we weren't we weren't even planning to test it, but we still ended up getting that feedback because we were listening for it at least when when mm-hmm. people yeah. and people complain they didn't complain about that that's not how they said they just didn't like going to the bog yep. right and that's Everybody what they kept on voicing it. and then we we yeah, had to figure we were out like what but the meant. math is the same <laughs> right yeah. yeah again no it's not about the math it's yep. about how it feels yep. Um, so at the very least, you can get that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But yeah, so, but but ask for specific feedback and know exactly what you're trying to pull off when you when you ask somebody for feedback. Yeah, um, never just hand a, hand a thing over and say, "Can I get your feedback on this?" Yeah, yeah. but and there's I think here's another good final point about feedback: is if somebody hands you something and asks for your feedback, first ask them what they think is wrong with it. Yeah. Also ask them how done it is. how yeah. done it is. And what, ask yeah. them what what aspects of it they're looking for feedback. Yeah. What state is this thing in? What kind of feedback do you need? And what do you think is wrong with this game? Because also, you know, you don't want to spend time talking to them about things that they already know, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think importantly, if you say, what do you think is wrong with this? And they say, I think it's great. and They don't want your feedback. Yeah. Really, they're just wanting a pat (laughs) on the back. And you just just look at it and go, yeah, it's great. And just hand it back because they're not going to listen to anything you say anyways. So, Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So... (laughs) So uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'd also like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, and our uh, studio wrangler, Monique. Just kidding. She's gone. Uh, (laughs) But but she will be back. (laughs) She will be back. Uh, We would like to thank the Beescotch dev team for continuing to build stuff while we're here, uh, you know, screaming like a bunch of maniacs. We'd also like to thank our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. And, of course, we'd like to thank our listeners for coming back every week to listen to us rambling like a group of... Weirdos. Also, if you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop on into our Discord, uh, which is at bit.ly slash BSDiscord. Say hello. I also realized that caps matters on this. The BS is capitalized. Oh, Nothing really? else is. <laughs> yeah, Billy links so, are cap-sensitive. Uh, <laughs> we should probably you know, get some more iterations of that and have them all point to the same place. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to be confusing. I did not know that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, and also we don't advertise this show, so we depend completely on word of mouth and good reviews to to kind of get the word out and, and grow our audience. Uh, so if you want to help us grow, just let people know, tell people about the show. Head on to iTunes or wherever you get the podcast, where you can send us or uh, we can rate it and give us give us some of those gold stars or tomatoes or like whatever kind of whatever kind of rating system mm-hmm. there is going on. Every little bit helps. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Peace.